Blog Talk Radio. Um, 
Mitt Romney, he's doing other things. And then, you know, as I almost want to say it like the Soprano said, because I just watched that episode, Sanatorium, or whatever his name is. He, he uh-huh. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. And the Democrats, obviously, they have, you know, we have Barack, but it's like, okay. It's just, it's, it's not a good situation right now. We have, um, we have got to change the subject fast because I can sense people are tuning out because this is not interesting to any of us. So let's move on to, uh, let's move on to Rush Limbaugh. Um, he was, uh, he was doing what he usually does, speaking on his radio show. Um, and he uh, referred to the Georgetown graduate student, law school student who testified in front of Congress, referred to her as a slut and a prostitute because she wants the government to pay her to have sex. Um, Ryan Willoughby, what do you make of this? Well, I don't think it's she wants the government to pay for to have sex. That's... I think she just wants her, her <laughs> she just wants her condoms to be subsidized. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think that's a pretty cool idea if they could afford it. I think the way he reacted uh, from in, coming from a presidential hopeful is pretty much the most uh, asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, how, how are you going to call a prospective voter a slut on national radio? That doesn't really seem like a good campaign strategy to me. Wait, you think that Russ Limbaugh is running for president? I'm sorry? You, you you believe that Russ Limbaugh is running for president? <laughs> I misspoke. Did <laughs> not mean to say that. I'm getting caught on the last topic. Uh, sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Some, somebody with aspirations like him, somebody on such a big platform, it's a real good way to alienate people. I heard you. And uh, Tanika, what do you think of the fact that it's um, uh, <laughs> this is this, it's, it's it's Georgetown is a Jesuit school, so. Um, you know, they think that they shouldn't have to pay their employees for um, something that conflicts with their religious beliefs. What do you think about that? Well, I I almost said it last time. I think people should be safe and should be comfortable. And obviously, (laughs) if they're not... Yeah, but last time we were talking about shooting a porn scene with Cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan? What are you talking about? Come on. That's Katie Holmes stuff. What are you talking about? Uh, no. All right. Um, so, so what do you – yes, finish your thought. Sorry, I interrupted. Well, no, I'm just saying people are going to be human beings as best as they can. And mm-hmm. any employer that's not really going to pay for that, that's fine. If I have health insurance and I choose to do what I'm doing, don't judge me on that. So I don't know. As I mean – it's at, at, at this rate, we're going to have, you know, you know, the United States, since they're not going to play for um, birth control, will be the most overpopulated continent, and that's fine. At least you know everybody's fucking, so whatever. <laughs> as as a woman, though, do you think that, as a woman, do you think that these comments were sexist, Ryan Willoughby? Just kidding. I meant <laughs> Tamika. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you asking, me or your cousin? Um, <laughs> I'm asking you, uh, t- Tamika, as a woman, um, did, did you find the remark sexist, or did you just think it was Rush Limbaugh doing what he always does? I think it was Rush Limbaugh doing what he always does. 
And I will say this. I don't know if your listeners know this, um, because obviously I've made myself unsearchable a little bit on Facebook, but as a black woman saying this, he sounds like one of those white dudes that you don't ever want to run into in the woods. <laughs> well, I think as, a, as a white Don woman, Imus, I agree with you. Don Imus, I'll run into in the woods because he might actually help my ass. He might call me nappy headed, but whatever. I don't care. He might help me. <laughs> Rush Limbaugh, that guy, I don't, I've never liked Rush Limbaugh. I have never liked him. And, and Willoughby, what were you going to say? I said, I said, I said <laughs> as as a white woman, I was offended as well. <laughs> there it is. So let's uh, move on from Rush and start talking about. Um, let's talk about some growing pains we had over the weekend. Um, so we had Kirk Cameron, uh, star of, of Growing Pains. Uh, he had an interview with Piers Morgan last week where he called homosexuality, detrimental, and ultimately destructive to the world as we know it. Um, Fuck him. Whatever. Uh, Keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, Tamika, let's start with you this time. Um, what uh, What do you think about his comment? I didn't hear his comment fully, but um, uh-huh. having worked in TV or post-production, I should say, because TV and film, for so long... That individual, he sounds like he is not, he's just not happy with his life. So he has to put down <laughs> someone else's life who's happy, that's all. And uh, Ryan Willoughby, what do you make of uh, Mr. Cameron? You know, I, I just, I <laughs> <laughs> you got to know that you have such a wide audience. To say something that's stupid and just uh, ignorant, it seems foolish to me, especially when this, this guy was on there trying to promote his new film, right? So now he's trying to get people to, you know, go out and see the movie he's making, and meanwhile he's going to alienate a whole bunch of people by saying something stupid like that. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and, uh, Ryan Willoughby, Tamika Kid, do you guys know how this whole Kirk Cameron debacle has made me feel? A certain way. <laughs> a certain way. Exactly. coming up in just a minute. Uh, but first, yeah, Kirk Cameron really did make me feel a certain way. 80s and 90s television stars need to get back to what they're best at, taking too many drugs and murdering people. Kirk Cameron was Mike Seaver, the kind-hearted, troublemaking boy next door every guy wanted to be and every girl or gay boy wanted to date. Mike Seaver is an iconic television character. This is the TV show that spawned the Oscar-caliber career of Leonardo DiCaprio, and the anorexia of Tracy Gold. Most importantly, <laughs> Mike was cool. Kirk Cameron now is the antithesis of cool. He waits outside theaters to harass crowds about Jesus. And last week told Piers Morgan homosexuality is detrimental and ultimately destructive. I ask you, Kirk, 
In what way have gay people been detrimental to your existence here on Earth? And can you name one way the gay community has been destructive? 80s and 90s television stars need to stop tainting the amazing memories we have of them from our youth. <clears throat> Mike Seaver is now tainted by Kirk Cameron's bigoted, unwarranted, and untrue comments. DJ Tanner is also tainted because Candace Cameron believes all the same things as her older brother. Why couldn't either of them be more like Jody Sweeten and start abusing coke, meth, and ecstasy? In an era <laughs> where so many young people are taking their own lives because they're ashamed of being themselves, Kirk Cameron needs to be more careful, maybe a little more decent, maybe ask what, what would Jesus do for the rapture is upon him. Also, if you're going to be homophobic, you are not allowed to have a best friend named Boner. Ryan Willoughby, <laughs> maybe kid. Thank you so much for doing the panel. Ryan, thank you, sir. Hey, man, always a pleasure every time. <laughs> All right, talk uh, to you soon. Have a good night, guys. All right, paper towels. Paper towels, go to bed. All right, there we go. <laughs> All right. All right, Tamika, let's compose ourselves. Let's see. Um, you know what, Ryan, What's what up? you just said, I am very composed and appreciate everything that you mm-hmm. just said. And I'm talking as a straight black woman. And you talk about some <laughs> shit that people are trying to, you know, actually have people just be cool. Just just don't worry about it. It's not, it's not your don't don't worry about it. It's not, it's not that's not your lane. Don't nope. don't don't be bothered with it. Like but if it is then don't be you know, don't be offended by it. So unfortunately we still have these um people in politics that unfortunately don't agree with us. So Apparently, we both need to run for office, but that <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> our first guest tonight, NPR Music, uh, says, the best songwriters are those who can turn a brief and fleeting moment into something meaningful, and McGrath does this naturally, easily, effortlessly. His new CD is Yellow Brick Man, had an astounding turnout at his CD release party at Union Hall just a couple of weeks ago. Please welcome to the program... Colin McGrath. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Awesome. Well, I, I made it out to your, your CD release party. And, yeah, thank um, you. I was, appreciate you coming. Absolutely. It was it was. I appreciate the show. It was a real uh, treat, and it seemed like everyone really enjoyed themselves, and they were singing along and dancing, and, and how, did, yeah, how did you was, feel that, that was, night went? I had a great time, man. It was uh, it was um, a long time in the works. I've been planning it for a while, and um, I was really pleased with the turnout. You know, a lot of people showed up, and like you said, there were people dancing in the back and, you know, waving iPhones and singing along, and um, I had a great time up there. As, as you could probably tell, the stage hardly fit all the musicians that I brought yeah. up. I, I was really trying to to recreate the sound of the album as much as possible. And um, we had a lot of weird instruments there on the album. So I was trying to get as much of those as I could that night too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, we had like a little, two... you know, lap steel and mm-hmm. um, had like a little mini string section. I mean, Union Hall, who would have thought that many people could fit on that stage, you know? <laughs> or in that crowd. That lap steel 
if I'm if my memory serves me correctly, was played by Natalia Zuckerman. Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. She's a really talented uh, songwriter, uh, singer, and songwriter. She she uh, did an, a little opening set too, and and um, she's also just really good at just sitting in with people and lending her musical skills to to anybody who's uh, you know who who asks. Most of the time, she's really great about uh, about jumping in. And you both went to Oberlin. Do you know each other? Were you there at the same time? Yeah, we were actually. We've we've um we've led these oddly parallel lives. We actually both grew up <laughs> in Manhattan, and um, and w- like like fifteen blocks from each other. We both went to Oberlin. Um, we lived in San Francisco at similar times, and then we moved back to New York at similar times. And yet we didn't really know each other at any of those, in any of those episodes. And we've only just started to get to know each other. Now we I I would see her and I was I would always be like, I know you. <laughs> You know, she's just like one of those people who just keeps reappearing, and we're like, you know, and we'd never really had a conversation until about, you know, a year and a half ago. <laughs> That's how I feel about Tanika. Uh, Is that right? So I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. So you, you just said what? that you have, um, you, you use a lot of different instruments in the studio, and you try to get as many as you could on stage. You experiment with a lot of weird ones, as you said. Uh, one is something called the bouzouki, another is a vibraphone, also a uh, kind of violin, a, a wah-wah violin, a cigar yeah. box guitar, and a chromatic yeah. harmonica. Now, are some of these actually instruments? Uh, a vibraphone just sounds X-rated. <laughs> yeah, it sounds kind of like the, the weird dream sequence in, you know, like a horror movie or something. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, 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 they have, you know, actually, I went to a concert the other day where there was like a vibes player, and he was telling about how it it, I think it originated in like the 30s in jazz bands, and it has this this motor that you can turn on and makes this this like wah 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 sound. Great. Really, that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, but then some of the other ones, you know, there's that, that you mentioned the cigar box guitar, and and that one has a kind of a cool story. Um, the producer for the album, William Berlin, um, he lives near um, Union Square, and there was a guy selling cigar box guitars, like actual cigar boxes that, you know, he stuck a neck on it and he stuck like three strings and then he put it in a little <laughs> pickup. Wow. And, um, yeah, and he got me one of these cigar box guitars for my birthday. Wow. And I just started plugging it in and turning it up to like 11 and just like wailing on it. And it sounded really cool. So uh, we ended up using it in a couple of songs. Wow. That's nice. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very nice. Who would have thunk? Right. Um, yeah. Now you you also uh, is is there anything then that you wouldn't play with? Have you ever tried playing a a chair or a book? Uh, chair or book? You know, I, <laughs> I, 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 they're kind of limited sonic possibilities of a of a book. Um, but uh, I tend to stay away from like um, expensive like wind instruments. You know, like an oboe. Uh, you know, if I found an oboe in a pawn shop, I might try it. But I I wouldn't like you know. <laughs> borrow somebody's oboe and you know try to get good sounds out of it because I, I might end up in well a bad then way. you got the whole reed thing and exactly yeah yeah, yeah I, I used to play the clarinet so did you really yeah yeah i honestly yes honestly yes so <laughs> so the whole the whole reed thing right there would freak me out sucking on somebody else's reed yeah for music, exactly. not really not i'm not trying to do all that it could get a little unhygienic <laughs> And you know, yeah. violin. I play around a little bit on violin, but it just can sound so bad so fast. You know, 
<laughs> so I tend to. Why do you not think that is? Because there's no no frets to go no by. No frets, so exactly, exactly. There are no frets, yeah. so um, you're you're really kind of you know playing around trying to find the right intonation, and if you don't know your way around it, it can just seem really really small. <laughs> you know, or like yeah, well, people do this, you know. I'm very in awe of of people who can who can play and play well instruments like the violin or the the stand up bass or the or the cello just where there's no uh, guidance except for your own sort of intu- musical intuition. I know, yeah, isn't that amazing? I I always wonder how they do it. I always wonder if they put like a little notch on the side of the you know the fretboard to be like just go <laughs> around here, you know, like <laughs> you know somewhere around here. Like I play dobro, and you know like a that you play on your lap, it's like a guitar with with raised strings that you play with a slide on your lap. But at least the mm-hmm. dobro has little lines to show you. Like, he said on his lap two way. times in the past minute. Did I really? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what was yeah. the other last thing I said? Oh yeah, uh, I said the last appeal. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're but good. you're good. You're good. <laughs> good. Well, I'm glad um, somebody paid before, <laughs> before we uh, move off books. Uh, I heard from three different people at your concert that night that you read books in the shower. Is that true, Colin? <laughs> that I read books in the shower. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wouldn't put it past me. You know, I, I definitely wouldn't play a book in the shower or the bath, but I might read one. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Now, I I read um, that you received your real schooling studying mm-hmm. the. Tragically poetic stories unfolding in junk shops and dive bars nationwide. That sounds a little emo and less folk, don't don't you think? A little a little emo. Yeah. Did you say? <laughs> I guess it does. You know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just kind of amazing the amount of these songs that were it at least started in a bar or, um, you know, like that. There's a song on there called "This Crazy World" and that was actually. Uh, we had lyrics contributed to that um, by uh, a waitress at uh, Jimmy's Number 43 restaurant and bar uh-huh. in in Greenwich Village, and you know she was she was uh, actually a, a crossword puzzle champion. She was like really? you know ranked you know globally. Um, <laughs> Wait a for, minute. He said yeah, ranked. She was like, like yeah, I know she was, you, you she can't was really ranked. Her. You know she was a, a crossword puzzle champion. She wow. gave us some lyrics for that song. I don't think we ended up using them, but um, it was an inspiration nonetheless. I'd imagine that crossword puzzle champions are good with words, then. So if it I know, right? It you you would have thought. Maybe yeah. um, you know, maybe we should go back there and see if she can give us some more ideas. <laughs> now you um, I read this description. And I thought it, it it was odd that it used the word loosely because it's a very specific description of your new album. Um, but in describing uh, your album, your uh, little write-up says, uh, your album loosely depicts the adventures of a freight-hopping prison escapee who gets drunk and stranded on a desert island, has a transformational encounter with a Catholic saint who pulls him across the river before he finally finds near peace in the arms of a hard-headed woman. Now that is... You're very... I I like the way you're picking up on this language. it is kind of. Yeah, I I thought that was a nice little piece of writing myself. It's just uh, loosely. It it is loosely because you know, like if you know, all of those things are in there if you listen closely mm-hmm. enough. Um, but when I was writing it, when I was doing the album, they, I, it would be hard to say that I had that exact narrative in mind. 
<laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> uh, to, to us, what it sounds like is a cross between Lost and Sister Act. So how can we make sense of it? Um, okay. Well, I think there was definitely this, um, you know, I, I, there was a character on the album. There, there's a character, and I think that character is, is he, I guess he's the Yellow Brick Man. And um, and mm-hmm. he goes through all these weird, crazy transformations in uh, in the album. Like, so it's part me and it's part my alter ego, and um, and uh, it just uh, it happened like that. There's, you know, it, it's hard to put it exactly into words, but I I kind of hope that that it somehow comes across in the in the sounds of the album. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely. Um, I think it does. Now, there's what you just mentioned, Yellow Brick Man, the title of your album. Um, there's, uh, I read a quote of yours where uh, it was something about you, you, you have, um, you have to make a decision at some point whether to uh, follow through on your dream, achieve, you know, um, or, or give it up. Now, with this album there's there's a lot of that all over the album there's a lot of soul searching uh have you decided what you're going to do wow um i yeah i'm sticking with it man i'm sticking with it i realize that yeah. uh, you know like even though the music industry and the life of a musician uh are kind of enough to turn any sane person crazy uh i just <laughs> i i love it enough exactly. that that i need to keep i need to keep doing it i can't i mean i really I, especially, you know, after the album was all mixed and mastered and everything, I was just like, you know, when I really sat with the questions of, that I had sort of brought up in the album, I was like, am I going to keep doing this or not? And uh, and I really contemplated some other career paths. I was like, you know, still still time to switch. And then I was just like, no, this is this is what I really love. This is what I, you know, I think this is what I've got to give. Because when you think about it, it's really that that's the one constant thing that's that's making you, making you move, making you go on, right? Is, is, is it is. Dream. It is. Yeah. And you know, there's like a, there's a lot of ways to do it. You know, um, you know, like the, to be performing all the time and making all of my money like that would probably would definitely drive me crazy. <laughs> so um, uh-huh. you know, I, I have like, like there are other ways that I do music also, like teaching that really. You know they make it more feasible, and I I enjoy those doing those those types of activities too. Right, absolutely. Now I think we have a caller on the line. Uh, let's see if we do or not. Um, Three o two. What's your name? Where are you checking in from? Three o two. Oh, all right. Well, I thought someone had a question for you. Uh, somebody called in just to listen, I guess. Uh, Tanika, right. you were going to say something. You were going to say something about holding fast to dreams, were you not? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, actually, I mean, the uh, it's interesting because oh. the the story with Yellow Brick Man. Were you talking to me or were you talking to your your uh, interviewer? Uh, well, you can answer by all means. Uh, I, it sounded like Tanika was was fitting to get a, a word in before. Oh, okay, good. You go, you go well, for it, Tanika. I I listen to your music, and there is a soulfulness in it that is, um, you know, music calms the soul of of the savage beast. And it, it's everyone has a little bit of soulfulness in them, especially when they're making music. So I was just right. going to comment on or ask where 
you know, I think you've mentioned it, but where did you really find your inspiration for the particular music that you're doing at this time? Well, I definitely got it, you know, um, from, from you know, a lot of the other musicians that I listen to. Um, I, uh, I'm i a big fan of, um, you know, Paul Simon's always been a big inspiration to me. Um, mm. And um, there, there are a lot of other people who I'm not sure too many people have heard of, but guys like Jesse Winchester and Will Allen Ramsey, um, who, you know, they definitely gave me a lot of inspiration. But for this album... I don't know, I was kind of looking for, like, you know, you were mentioning that, that the, the narrative story that goes through this album. And yeah, and that and that's what I picked up on for a hot second. I was just like, okay, they're telling a story, and what is the story? At this different right. point, but you might not even know the end of the story. You might be just starting it, so. Right. Well, I mean, we the, the Yellow Brick Man story is one that I feel like kind of gives a little bit of insight into the, the whole mm-hmm. album. Um, that, that one was, uh, that, that came out of a time when I was, uh, I was at a pawn shop in Brooklyn where I live and I was looking for a bass <laughs> and I was, uh, okay. I was looking for a bass to use on some of my recordings and this guy walks into the pawn shop and he's got this guitar and he like plunks it down on the counter and he slides it underneath the bulletproof glass and he, you know, slides it to the pawn shop employee and uh, it kind of looks like Red Fox from Sanford and Son. And uh, he says to the guy, he says... Looking for his glasses. Yeah, he's like, he's like, Yellow Brick Man, what have you got for me today? And as I'm playing over in my, my little, you know, corner of the pawn shop, I hear him say this, and I'm like, what does that mean, you know? Here he is taking his instrument, and he's trading it in, and he's wondering, you know, what's at the end of this, uh, you know, what's in store for him? So it got me thinking about what his story was, you know, was he giving up on music, was he uh, was he turning it in and and um, and the whole idea of the yellow brick road I felt like cause it was a pretty amazing idea, um, you know, like like that there could be you know somebody who's promising you something kind of like you know the Wizard of Oz <laughs> something maybe that you already exactly. have. Exactly. I was going to say know, Wizard it, of Oz. Exactly. Or, you know. or, or for me, the Wiz. Yeah, I'm exactly, saying. man. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Especially yeah. here in New York on the subways. I'm waiting for yeah. one of the colanders or columns to come down and start walking, so whatever. Right, right. <laughs> no, Colin, <laughs> that, that, that first time. <laughs> you you first yeah, discovered no, blue. It's like it's like the like whiz. Right, yeah. <laughs> it is, you know, and we with the the, the organ <laughs> part on that song is a little bit like uh mm-hmm. we actually were listening to a lot of Al Green when we did that. <laughs> <laughs> well there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Now, um, shifting gears a little bit, you you um, discovered bluegrass in college while playing in Weed Killer with the office yeah. of Ed Helms. How was that? Yeah. Was he a snobby? Was he a snobby star like you hoped to become? <laughs> you know, he was a great guy. <laughs> he he was already in the band, and I was kind of like um, I, I I was like a late addition. So he played along with the mandolin player, and I think they had been friends for a long time. And um, they were largely formed already, and then I just came in to play this dobro instrument that I was telling you about earlier. And, um, you know, we played in all these little parties at Oberlin, and um, and it was a real, really kind of fun schooling for me. You know, he's, he's I think he's from Virginia, and um, he had been playing bluegrass for quite a while, and since we were, all, you know, we were in college at that stage, he was a pretty good picker even then. Um, 
but he was, you know, he, he he was maybe a little distant with me in 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 college, but then afterwards, I, I you know, we we hung out a few times in New York, and he was always really nice. He's a good guy. Now, do you watch The Office now? I do. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. What do you think of the changeover from Michael to Andy as boss? Oh shit! I thought you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I, I was hoping you weren't going to ask me a detailed question because I don't watch it that closely. <laughs> so you're probably not even aware that that I, I probably just spoiled that that Andy, Andy Helms' character, he's the one who takes over as regional manager after Michael Scott. Uh, Is that right? Oh no, you totally yes, wrecked it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm gonna blame Tamika for that one too. Okay. Um, I didn't do a. You you heard I was silent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. For once, just right, she has a witness so, there. Uh, for once, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be for twice in a minute. Might be thrice. <laughs> what? <laughs> um. Well, what do you say? Uh, we play a song of yours. Um, that sounds great. Now, my uh. My favorite was uh, this song, Surprise Me. Uh, oh, you, nice. Um, I'm glad you liked that one. Yeah, man. You, you want to tell us a little bit about it and then we'll play it? Yeah, that's that's actually um, a good one to play because uh, the little middle instrumental section on this has, has like about 15 of those crazy instruments that, that I was telling you about a little while ago. Yeah. Um, including like a Casio keyboard and um, oh, a... Oh, wow. Uh, you know, like a tack piano, and it's got the cigar box guitar on it in the middle there. So, And then I also brought in a friend of mine who's an actor who's a, a great whistler, and he he uh, <laughs> he whistled along with the track. Um, but that was written by me and my producer, Wilbur Lynn, um, largely about um, a trip that he took to New Orleans with, um, with a woman who was then his new lover and is now his wife. Wow. wow. Yeah. I guess I should have stayed in grad school down at University of New Orleans, but never mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There right. we go. Well, this, we should hear the song at this point. This is Colin McGrath's Surprise Me, and we'll be right back with Colin.
in this day and age, it's almost like folk, you know, it, it comes to sort of comprise like a, Americana, you know, acoustic, um, singer-songwriter stuff in a way. Uh, but I actually, I think if I didn't like the the old, like, real folk music, I would have a hard time, you know, claiming the term for myself. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like I can I can just say it. <laughs> you know, I know it's, it may, maybe it turns some people off, but I don't mind. What do you consider the real old folk music, like Arlo Guthrie or uh, or Woody Guthrie, rather? What, what, what do you yeah, think? Woody Guthrie, um, you know, I, I think maybe... The, uh, like the stuff that you uh, like, Ralph Stanley, um, uh, like a lot of old time and bluegrass artists. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I consider that stuff. I mean, like the mix that that just came out of this country, you know, hundreds, uh, like a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred years ago, and, and and more recently also between like African American music and music that came over from England and Ireland. Like that's kind of the the folk music that I that I think of. What do you think about modern folk music like um, Conor Oberst and, and guys like that? Um, well, uh, you know, I actually, not, I'm, I'm sorry to say, I'm not familiar with with that guy. Um, oh, uh, but, uh, bright eyes. Maybe. Oh, bright eyes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Well. Um, well, I mean, I guess maybe you're you also talking like iron and wine type stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I would put myself. You know, I, I think that iron and wine and and me are. You know, not not we're cut from similar cloth. I like it anyway. I mean, I I I love the guitar. I love acoustic instruments, and um, and I love harmony singing. And you know, I guess uh, there there is also a, a side of folk music and singer songwriter music that 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 can be a little bit cloying, and uh, you know, when you're hearing, you know too much about people's inner worlds and stuff that you're not really that interested in. You know, there's, there's plenty of that too, but great artists are great artists regardless of the, of the genre. Well, may I ask a question? Yeah. I have a question. Please. Now, we're not talking about in people's worlds, whatever. Do yeah. you guys have a calendar or anything like that that I can get? A calendar <laughs> of, of shows, you mean? Oh, you mean a, a, a calendar? calendar of, uh, yeah. Of no, me posing, you, you mean? Yeah. You mean like in different swimsuits and things? Yeah. Uh, you went there. I didn't. But yeah. <laughs> you I'll know what? It. If you if you want it, if you <laughs> want it, I, I will look into putting that together for you. Well, I I, I have people photographers that'll be good for that, but I'm sorry, okay. I, I my mind just wandered, and I was just like, please, okay. wanderings are always amusing. Calendar, these guys hot. Cute Jimmy Fallon, and then I went there. <laughs> but beyond that, besides the fact that your music is absolutely beautiful, um, what are the other ventures that you're trying to put out? I mean, you're not just sticking with musical, correct? Or well, not? you know, uh, mu- music is uh, all my products tend to come under the musical sphere. Most of it, um, mm-hmm. the, uh, like. On my website, you can actually check it out, calmagrath.com. Yeah. You see, you yeah. can you can see all the little crazy things that I'm up to. I'm actually, mm-hmm. I've been for the last year and a half or so, I've been um, working on making these ebooks, um, okay. musical musical ebooks, um, and something that I find really kind of really fun. I I actually do them for kids right now, like kids music ebooks, 
where I write these songs, and then they get illustrated and turns into a, like an app that you can download onto your like uh, iPhone or your iPad. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's good. Well, I have a friend of mine who wrote a book um, called Old Charles, which is very good, and uh, I will put you guys in contact. After That'd be this great. Whole show is over. Yeah. But yeah. No. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. I and find it's the good whole to hear that you're doing other things. Yeah, and I'm, well. you know, I'm. Uh, I also teach. Uh, right now, I work as a teaching artist for uh, the Brooklyn Philharmonic and the New York Philharmonic. Um, okay. So those are kind of my day gigs. Okay. Yeah. They're survival jobs. Yeah. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you. Brian, like where you at? What's that? So I was like, where you at? Come on. Yeah. Okay. I'm. Mean, I'm still here. I'm still here. So wait, wasn't there supposed to be another guest on this thing too? Well, you said somebody was playing with Legos. I did? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned anything about Legos. No, Ryan, <laughs> no. Hey. <laughs> you said somebody did something with Legos. Correct or no? I'm not. Are you, are, is Ryan still with us? <laughs> That's the beauty of live radio. I don't think Ryan is still with us. I don't okay. think he is either. Well, it's a, okay. Well, okay. Well, that's fine. At this particular point, um, that's fine. He'll, he'll pick back up at some point. Hello. With the, oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? <laughs> Ryan. Okay. So, is there anything else? So, where are you currently located? Are you? I'm in Brooklyn. Hello. Yeah. No. No. You're on. Are you? Are you currently in New York or in? I'm in New York. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. You're in Brooklyn, New York. And where is your next performance going to be? I think I've got a uh, house concert booked. Um, It's going to be in Austin, New York. Austin, New York. Okay. Yeah. So, what about? And I always put all that info like, on my website. And the regular boroughs, where you don't have anything booked for that, or you can't get it booked. No, I don't have anything booked. You know, I was really putting all the energy into the CD release, and I think the next gigs. Actually, a friend of mine, Ben Carroll, a really good singer songwriter, is coming into town in mm-hmm. in uh, April, and we're going to probably be doing some shows together um, in the Brooklyn area. All right. Well, I would. I'm. I'm asking you, as now that I'm a, a Queens person living out here in Astoria, to think about the venues out here, but also other venues that you have um, in the Lower East Side that you can get home to quickly as well. Yeah, the ones that um, I do there most. You know, I do Rockwood in the living room. Those are mine. I was gonna say, yeah, Ken Rockwood in the living room. Yeah, he's great. Cool. Yeah. yeah. What, tell so, me, what are the what are some of the venues in Long Island that you? Uh, no, I'm not in Long Island. I'm I mean, in sorry, Queens. in Queens. I'm, Queens. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, hey, I think Raven can, House can is can probably. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, okay. So, so we. Sorry, I'm, I muted myself before. My bad. Um, That's all right. Uh, Raven so House, we, by the way, is the place we actually we, go. we actually have okay. to move on. Um, okay. But to the next guy. Uh, but um, but you, Tamika and Colin can connect over venues in Queens 
And, uh, hey, man, thank you so much for doing it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And thank you so Absolutely. much, too. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Woo, how long was I uh, gone for there? Like five, six minutes. That's okay. <laughs> That's all right. You know, I was plugging all his stuff. Like, I was trying to um, do the outro a while ago, and I was saying, like, Follow him at McGrath Collin and go to him. And meanwhile, then I hear you guys go, oh, where's Ryan? Let me find out. I muted myself. So all with they my heard was cheek. me? Jesus yeah. Christ. Dude, well, well and, whatever. And Colin. You ain't Colin. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. Here we go. Let's not keep <laughs> our, our next guest waiting any longer. I appreciate your patience, Mr. Ward. Um, my next guest has a Kickstarter. We will post the link in the chat room and on the webpage. Uh, check it out at blogtalkradio.com slash blazingryan. has a Kickstarter um, to uh, start a business where he's, he makes your everyday things out of Legos. Uh, please welcome to me, the kid, <laughs> smoking nephew, Adam Ward. Thank you, thank hey. you. What a warm reception. That was Hello. awesome. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Woo! Sorry for the delay, Adam. Had some technical difficulties in the All middle. good, my friend. All good. All right. So let's – now, Tamika still doesn't believe me that, that, that we have a guest on who is doing what you're doing. So let's – for those unfamiliar, can you explain – I believe you. Can you explain this Lego idea that you have? Absolutely. I get a lot of furrowed brows and a lot of uh, goofy expressions when I tell them what I'm working on. But basically, I've been a huge Lego fan for my entire life. Since I was three or four, it was like every gift that I ever received was Legos, except for a brief stint, uh, I went through a Ninja Turtle phase. Um, And recently, I have been creating and building things over the last, I'd say, year to two years, things that I use in my everyday life, replacing boring stuff and making them out of Legos. It was a really fun way to reconnect with the bricks that I grew up with and the toys that I liked so much. And I made all these things, and I would have people over, or I'd have my keychain made of Legos out on a table, and somebody would mention, like, oh, that's really cool. Where did you get it? And I would say, I made it. And they were like, oh, cool. Do you sell them? And for the longest time, I said no. And now the answer is yes. (laughs) Wow. So there you go. Now, how did you how did you get the idea for the the Lego business? Um, you know, I I it was really just the feedback from people checking out my gear and responding positively to it. And you know, like so many other kids who grew up in the '80s, I have such a fond place in my heart <laughs> for Legos. And when people see this stuff and realize that it's built out of Legos and it's an iPhone dock or a coaster set or a picture frame stuff that they already have in their house, they're like, oh, that's so cool. It's not a pirate ship or, you know, a a spaceship or something that, as adults, we don't really have any use for. It's it's this cool stuff that they can use and see every day and kind of reconnect with the, the child inside them. Do you uh, do you remember what the first item you ever built was? Um, I was really into uh, ships. I loved spaceships, planes, rockets, all that stuff. And when I was eight years old, actually, The Rocketeer, do you remember the movie The Rocketeer? They yes, had, absolutely. 
they, they had this this tie-in with Lego somehow, where they had a Lego rocket building contest, and I came in third. I made this rocket, and I came in third. And the team that won was the engineering department at the University of Minnesota, and the team that got second was uh, a, like a 22-year-old guy, and I was an eight-year-old, and I came third. So all these people won. Wow. And I won a Rocketeer lunchbox and tickets to go see the Rocketeer. <laughs> Wait a minute. A Rocketeer lunchbox. Awesome. Okay. I still have it. That's all right. Wow. Hey, you didn't, you didn't try and – you didn't try and build unless I'm unless I'm incorrect, and I probably might be at this point. Um, did you try and build the Imperial Death Star with Star Wars? <laughs> um, with I've Legos? Never, I've never been a huge Star Wars person. Like I'm into it, but you know, there's so many people doing just amazing things with Legos. I know. I took my nephew to see some of those things. Uh, there was a Lego convention back. Uh, in Santa Monica, uh, one of the largest ones I think there is, um, and we saw these incredible feats of you know people building particular things with Lego that you you know you don't really think about them that way, but that is absolutely amazing. Adam, what's yeah. your favorite item that you built? Um. It's a tie. I, I got to go with two. Uh, <laughs> you built a tie out of Legos? That's impressive. <laughs> Stop. Uh, my, favorite, one of my favorites is definitely, it's so simple. It's available on the Kickstarter. It's this little key fob, um, and it has a docking station that goes up right by your front door. And the keychain is very, very small, so it's not like you have some bulky thing in your pocket. And it clicks in and out. So you never lose your keys because you have this little docking station right by your front door. And every time you leave, you just, like, grab the keys with one hand. It, like, clicks out. Hmm. And you get back. back in. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, it's super basic, but it, it makes so much sense. And it, it was, like, one of the things that I really got excited about and people really responded to early on in the process. Um, another thing is also available on the Kickstarter. Um, it's this safe that I made that has a key that I made out of one it, it is very, very difficult to open. And I love just handing it to people being like, and just watching them, you know, happily grab it and be like, oh, I'll pull this out. And then just be befuddled in 10 minutes and just hand it back to me and be like, show me. Um, so and, they're supposed wow. to open up a face with the key made out of Legos? Yeah. Correct. And the key is built into the facade of of the, the safe itself. So all the pieces you have are right there with you. That sounds awesome, and that sounds like maybe something, um, depending on what particular job I get offered to quickly here, um, I might even order that. So that that sounds awesome. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, I'm still here. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, the technical difficulties, people are trying to work them out. Either way, I don't care. Now, Adam, you um, is there any item that you had a lot of trouble making and couldn't figure out how to get it just right? Uh, that happens all the time. You know, there's okay. the I go through a process of I'm kind of like like I'm <laughs> like the Jay Z of Lego. I don't write anything down. I don't draw. <laughs> out I just I just have it in my head, 
And then Jay-Z I, 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 of Legos. <laughs> Wait a minute. Jay-Z of Legos. It's your boy. Here we go. Yeah. It's your boy. Here, here, here we go. Yeah, watch the Lego throne. Um, so, there are always a bunch of, you know, curveballs and speed bumps that I run into that I wasn't uh, anticipating, and I've just, you know, found ways to build around those things and to incorporate the things that I thought were, like, mistakes or issues into the actual design, and sometimes um, they improve on what I thought I was going to be making Anyway, so it's it's a really fun process, and I, I you know what doing that's the, a that's a message of life, right there. What you said, really? trying to build around things that come around that you don't expect, but they come up, and you got to deal with it. So I think you're doing very well, sir. Thank you so much. And one of the I'm doing the Kickstarter is a so I can share my work with a ton of new people because right now my work is only in a handful of people's homes and offices, and B, with all the excess money, I'm just going to invest it in more bricks because I would love to start making some larger (laughs) designs. You keep saying the word bricks. Wow. And I I didn't realize that Legos were referred to as bricks. I guess that makes total sense. But it reminds me of this time that – and let me me tell you, I'm telling Tamika this for the first time too, and this is – a bit off topic, but that's okay. Uh, we were uh, we were planning for my friend uh, Andrew's um, bachelor party, and I was the best man. And uh, you know, I was on the phone with other groomsmen and stuff. And we, uh, my friend Julian, thought it would be a good idea to call and because Andrew's fiance was very, uh, she did not want it to happen. I think, and she kept on throwing all these curveballs to it, whatever. And so. Um, What's the name? Julian thinks it's a good idea for all of us to get on the phone together on our different lines and call Andrew's fiance. And so, obviously, that was a terrible idea. And like yeah, everyone's that like, sound cool. Yeah, yeah and and that Julian. Oh, very and my nice friend, either. My friend John Weeks is like, oh, just you know, just, just we want to make sure we can take Andrew out because you know we want to do a nice thing for him before this. And um, it was just so unbelievably awkward. And then Julian, Andrew gets on the phone, and and he's obviously upset. And then Julian, whose idea this was, and he still stands by this idea to this day, Julian goes, you know me, Andrew. Andrew, you and I, we used to, we go to the same church, man. We go to that living word church in West Haven. You know, I know that reverend. You know that reverend. You know, we, we Andrew, we put the bricks in this game. And I, I, I never forgot that, so I, I added that line in, in in my best man speech. We put the bricks in this game. <laughs> we put the bricks in this game. I'm telling you, man, something, something. Okay. Back to, back, back to Adam. Oh my God! If I could, I'm I, I'm I'll probably get in trouble for telling that on the air. But it was that was that was one of the worst moments of my life. Oh, thank God, my phone my phone battery died in the middle of it. Thank goodness. Right, so I was right. You already in trouble. You were already in trouble for telling that story on the air. Yup. Let's. That's why. That, it doesn't matter because nobody's listening. So let's uh, see. now. This thing on? Come on. 
Now, Adam, what if you were to request, what if you were to get a request for a sexual item made of Legos? Um, like, would you make Lego underwear, Lego dildos, etc.? I mean, far be it for me to uh, <laughs> someone. You, you know what? I advise you not to answer that question, sir. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not even a lawyer. I've watched too much <laughs> Law and Order. Well, I advise you not to answer that question, sir. Well, it's go ahead, overruled. Go ahead. It is funny you bring that up. <laughs> overruled. <laughs> I've been promoting this like crazy and talking to basically everybody I see or meet about it. And I, I build the project as Legos for grown-ups. And I use that term, like, all the time. And people typically think that I'm making what I actually am making. But recently, I was having a conversation with two guys I had just met, and I was promoting my project. And they immediately thought that I was talking about Lego sex toys. And, and I went on and, and talking about, like, how they're so things I make are so great. I would bring them out in public and people were really into them. So they started wanting some of their own. And I had no idea for like this five minute explanation that they thought I was talking about sex toys the entire time. And I'm talking about keychains and coasters. I'm like, oh, they're good on your desk. And these guys are like, oh yeah, totally. <laughs> so if you were propositioned, then you're saying far be it for you to judge and you would make it? Uh, I mean... I don't know, man. I don't. Want to, I don't want to keep people, uh, people and their bricks separated. <laughs> hey, okay. That's a shirt. That's a T-shirt right there. I don't want to keep people and their bricks separated. Right there. Now, now, would you support government funding of of sexual Legos toys? <laughs> <laughs> I would not go that far. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> what about a, a Lego bong? Would you make a Lego bong? You know, I, the, just bringing fire and plastic in close proximity actually like, never ends well. Yeah. You had to you do that. If you Legos and got those fumes, I don't think that they would, you know, make you feel right. <laughs> they would make you feel a certain way, maybe. <laughs> so let's certain way fire and plastic. Come on, fire. yeah, not good. But <laughs> what about this? Is this whole thing legal? By the way, you're using their product. Do they get a cut? Uh, they do not get a cut, but they are basically the supplier. Um, there are a handful of people around the world who create <laughs> art, um, or some of the Star Wars stuff, uh, like you were talking about, out of Legos. <laughs> And yeah, it is it is legal. Death star, it's, yeah. It is um, legal. Okay. A handful of people. Some people make a very good living um, doing really amazing things with Legos. There's one uh, gentleman. His name is Nathan Sawaya. He's known as the brick artist, and he made Conan O'Brien out of Legos and made uh, a couple of billboards <laughs> out of Legos, and he does some really amazing art installations. And uh, makes a great living out of working with Legos, and is one of the folks that you know inspired me to really take my building and my stuff to the next level. Conan O'Brien is made of Legos. <laughs> not that he is. NBC kept the real one. Yeah, no. NBC still owns the right. So they can put them on at four in the morning. Yeah. 
Uh, we never lie. They put the Tonight Show into the next day. All right. <laughs> well, um, that you know, is it is it is it? Have you thought, Adam? <laughs> oh, have you thought about protecting this idea? Can you trademark it? Um, you can't really trademark it. So what I'm what I'm basically working on is just uh, making my designs uh, like especially mine. So it becomes not oh, can I copy what this guy is doing? Go order the bricks and put it together myself. Like sure, if you're uh, resourceful and you can figure out what the pieces are and you like to build, like that's fine. Go ahead and do that. I don't think it's going to happen on a large scale, but I'm really trying to just build my brand so people are more excited to have something actually built by me than just imitating stuff that I've done. Right. Cool. Tamika? Yes. How are you? I'm fine. What's <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> it's time for a little game um, we like to call Hot or Hot Mess, where I give you, Adam Ward, and you, Tamika Kid, a list of things, oh, and you tell me if they're, no. <laughs> if they're hot oh, or a hot mess. Oh, my goodness. We can't. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, here it goes. Here we go. All right. First up on Hotter Hot Mess, <laughs> Rush Limbaugh. Adam Ward, is he hot or a hot mess? Rush Limbaugh is a hot mess, dude. I mean, he's a, a pretty polarizing figure, but I, I find him offensive to every sense. And, uh, I mean, even before he opens his mouth, like, I'm normally already kind of, like, irritated when I look at him. And then when he opens his mouth, like, everything that I would assume someone who looks and carries himself that way would say, like, he says stuff worse than that. So, <laughs> but, uh, definitely a hot mess to the nth degree. Hot mess. And Tamika, hotter hot mess? What he just said, I will say worser, which is not a word, <laughs> because yeah. I, I, w- I can't even, I wouldn't even give him the title of hot mess. Hot mess is actually sometimes kind of good, and you're good. Mm-hmm. This guy, no, I, I, I I'm done with him. <laughs> Woo! Okay, how about skinny Jonah Hill? Adam Ward, is that hot or a hot mess? Skinny Jonah Hill. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's weird for me to call Jonah Hill hot because like, <laughs> never use that word. I would never use that word to describe him. But he's a super yeah. talented dude, and, like, I got to give him props for losing a ton of weight because he was definitely maybe not the healthiest person on earth and maybe, you know, wanted to to get his his health together because his career was really taking off. So I'm going to give him props for that. I'm going to say, uh, let's say hot. And Tamika Kid, skinny Jonah Hill, hot or hot not? Hot. I mean, you know, you look good, you're hot. <laughs> All right. Good Next thing. up on Hot or Hot Mess, Fat Jonah Hill. Adam Ward, Hot or Hot Mess. Fat Jonah Hill. <laughs> I love Fat Jonah Hill, so I got to, I got to, I got to. Is that doable? Um, apparently, Tamika's being chased by it. What's, what's going on over? There? Are you whistling or is that a, a cop car? I'm whistling at the question. 
because that's hot. I thought you were going to say you're whistling at the cop car. <laughs> no, okay, so I'm whistling Tanika, at the question. Tanika, hot or hot mess, fat Jonah Hill. I don't even know how that sound is made. That sound is amazing. Yeah, yeah probably. You should make that yeah. sound out of Legos. <laughs> That's a very delicate question, I would say, at this particular point. So continue with your program. Let's go. So you're not going to answer. You're going to plead the fifth on this one? You really are watching a lot of Law and Order, huh? Um, you know what? I'm not yes. going. I, I don't judge people like that, so it's good. It's hot. I mean, who doesn't love now. a fat Jonah Hill? Everybody loves a fat Jonah Hill. Um, okay, next. Yeah. Next up on I thought Potter, you said Margaret mess. Thatcher. I'm sorry. I was going to say no. I did not love Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher? That's what I thought you said. Wait. Wait, you thought... Awesome, awesome <laughs> connection you got here going you on thought... with the phone. Just keep going, dude. You're good. You thought Fat Jonah Hill sounded like Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> That's what it's... Hey, you know what? AT&T couldn't sound better. What? <laughs> Okay, then next one. I've been confused. Next, next one. No. On hot, on hot or hot mess. A fat Margaret Thatcher Adam Ward. <laughs> Would that be hot or a hot mess? Wait a minute. A fat Margaret Thatcher. Yes. A okay, fat Margaret Thatcher. You know what? I'm pleading the fifth. I'm done. I, I I'm so done. And Adam? Uh, how fat are we talking? <laughs> Um, are, we, are, we talking, are we talking precious based on the, the novel Push by Sapphire oh, Fett? Oh, 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 hey, you know what? It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. I don't even think she was cute when she was young. So whatever. Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, no comment. Again, kid, no comment. So, Adam, yes, we're talking precious. <laughs> that, that, that rotund. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a fan of the Thatchy, yo. I'll give her I'll, I'll give her hot, even if she wants the balloon. There's more pleading the fifth over here than a, a Dave Chappelle sketch, so I gotta I gotta stand ground and pick a side. Mm. Now, have you seen gotcha. Adam? Have you seen the last two weeks of Saturday Night Live? I did not see uh, the Lindsay Lohan one. It's recorded. Did you see the Maya Rudolph one? I saw Maya Rudolph, yes. <laughs> okay. So let's do this. Um, let's see, uh, Tunika, why don't you answer for everyone? Lindsay Lohan on SNL, Hot or Hot Mess? Mess. Mess. And um, next up on Hot or Hot Mess, uh, Sleigh Bell's musical performances on Saturday Night Live. Adam Ward, were they hot or a hot mess? Mess. I think it was kind of a mess, man. I don't know if I'd elevate it to hot mess, but if I had to pick a side, I'd say hot mess. <laughs> I, mean, I like the Sleigh Bells, but sometimes their music just sounds like noise, and that was one of those instances where it was just like, it, it was, I, I fast-forwarded through the second through the second performance after after the <laughs> The first disaster. Um, I was not feeling it whatsoever. Really? And Tamika, you say hot mess? Well, I agree with saying hot mess at a particular point, just because, no, it's not that. It's just, it sounds like noise sometimes. But then 
it's actually music. But sometimes it just sounds like straight up noise. <laughs> so. I love Playbells. I, I don't understand why they uh, chose to do what they did, and maybe the mixing was off. I don't know. But well, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Radiohead as well, and they're real earlier stuff or whatever. But it's like, mm-hmm. come on. If you try and listen to that and then listen to the same thing today, it sounds like, you know, a mess. Hot, Not really hot mess, but just it sounds like noise, if that's not the particular music that you're trying to listen to. Or next up on... Next up on Hot or Hot Mess, Ainsley Bubbaco. Hot or Hot Mess, Adam Moore. <laughs> <laughs> Ainsley's hot. <laughs> that, that doesn't answer the question. Ainsley's hot. Hmm? Ainsley's hot. I'm going hot with Ainsley. You're going hot with Ainsley. Uh, Tamika Kidd, Ainsley Bubbaco, Hot concur. or Hot Mess. I concur. Sir, I concur. <laughs> You know hot. who that is? Yes, hot. Concur. Really? That's Fair all enough. you need to really hear from me. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, last up, let's do two more on Hot or Hot Mess. Ban Newmark, Hot or Hot Mess, Adam Morse. <laughs> <laughs> we're, just, we're just going down my collegiate memory lane right now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Uh, you know, Dan is a little a little tall, a little <laughs> awkward at times, but you know, he's doing he's doing his thing. He's always working on a cool new project, so I gotta go I gotta go hot for Dan Newmark. You say he's a little tall at times? Is that what you say? <laughs> he could be a little bit awkward at times. That I think is based so on his You know, I'm not a uh-huh. tall person. I've never known what it's felt like to be like weirdly over six feet tall. Um right. but you know, I think it's hard to control a body if you're, you know, six two, six three. Yeah. If you're not an athlete, and Dan's a lot of things. Athlete. And and Tamika, hot or hot mess, Dan Newmark. No, no comment. No, Okay. And last up on hot or hot mess, Ben Newmark, Adam Moore. Ben Newmark, hot or hot mess. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ben is Dan Newmark's older brother. They are part of a really, really cool uh, writing team. You got them. Uh, you got them switched around here. No, you, what did you say? Dan Ben's little brother. Is that what you said? No, Ben's older. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Ben, ben gets hot. Ben gets hot from this Ben gets a hot Tamika kiss. No comment. Sorry. No comment. Oh. No <laughs> all right, then no, we got to do one last one to round it all out. Last up on Hot or Hot Mess, um, quite a lengthy game tonight. Uh, Justin Bieber. <laughs> Justin Bieber. Uh, Tamika Kidd, is Justin Bieber hot or a hot mess? <laughs> Are you asking me first? That's yep, I'm asking you first. Uh, excuse my I language. Because um, I know you want to get it over with. Yeah, no. Um, I'm going to plead the fifth with no comment because uh, <laughs> I just you think can't. this. Where do you you think you're in a, a an interrogation room or something? Yeah, that's what it feels like at this point, man. <laughs> no comment. And Damn Adam Moore, Justin, Justin Bieber, hot or hot mess. So <laughs> political, Tanika. Are you are you are you entering are you entering some sort of election soon? 
love stepping on any toes. Uh, Justin Bieber, uh, he no. just turned 18, I heard, which has uh, got to be exciting for him. But I, think his girlfriend, <laughs> I think his girlfriend's younger. He's legal. That, that, that could be problematic. No, the girlfriend's older. The girlfriend's older. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then he's all good. Um, yeah, she wasn't all good for like a month there, but I'm, it's okay. I'm done with this. <laughs> so, did you say hot or hot mess, Adam? <laughs> I think Justin Bieber's got his stuff together. He's taken the world by storm from starting with like a little, you know, YouTube account. Uh, I, I, his music is irritating to me. I'm definitely not in his demographic, but dude, he's, he's doing his thing. So I, I, I really do not hate on the kid. So. My without laughing from you guys. You guys are the best. <laughs> now. Uh, where can people go to uh, easily access your uh, Lego Kickstarter? What is your Tumblr URL? Um, yeah, the Tumblr is uh, adambuilds.tumblr.com. And uh, the Tumblr doesn't have an E. I don't know if, if there's people who are new to Tumblr, but Tumblr is too cool for a second foul. Um, and that's got a ton of uh, projects of mine, old stuff, prototypes, stuff Stuff that's on the Kickstarter, stuff that's not on the Kickstarter, and uh, I post something on it every day. So even if it's just a little um, doodle that I've done out of Legos, you can still keep it there. You know what? I'm gonna find you because I need uh, a cake for my nephew uh, for his high school graduation. Just finished thing out here in Carnegie Hall, which was great. I'm gonna find you for his cake. So I know it's short notice. He's in June. I got you now. I will find you through Ryan, okay? Terrific. I'm so threatening. I'm going to find you. No, I'm not threatening. Just, hey, I'm being direct. <laughs> why got to be threatening? What, what, what's, what's good? What, what's Fair going enough. on? What, why, why, I don't feel so threatening. I feel excited. I feel yep. excited and inspired to build you and uh, was it your nephew? Yes. Your cousin? Molten nephew. Yeah, yeah. My nephew. He just well, uh, formed out here, so, yes. Oh, cool. So, well, we'll talk, and I'll, uh, I'll put together something awesome for him. I will, I will get us in contact. Um, Ryan apparently thinks I'm threatening, so I'm going to leave you alone. Because <laughs> you kept saying it like, I'm, I'm going to find you. I'm going to find you. <laughs> I'm going to find you. No. That's just a statement, I'm man. trying that's to get your business location. So <laughs> yeah, Whatever, you dude. Well... <laughs> Well, oh boy, this this has really gotten away from me tonight. Um, Adam, thank you so much for doing it, and um, let's let's have you back on the panel very soon, my friend. Thank you, Adam. I'm, I'm down. Tamika's so wonderful to meet you, Ryan. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man, paper towels, my dude. <laughs> peace and <laughs> peace and bricks. Peace and, peace and bricks. We put some bricks in this thing. Oh, boy. Okay, Tamika. Um, What have we learned tonight? What have we learned tonight? That some people are actually really nice. And also they build with Legos. But beyond that, they also have very soulful music that they're trying to put out, which is, you know, beautiful in itself. So mm-hmm. for me, if, I, if that's what I have to take away from tonight, like I, like I took away from last night, it's, you know, 
music at some particular point is beautiful. If it doesn't sound like a lot of noise, you can get it, it's good. So now tell bluegrass, me about this. The bluegrass is not my thing, but mm-hmm. I, I'll take it, you know? <laughs> tell me about your, your nephew performing at Carnegie Hall last night. Um, may I say his name on air? Yes. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Prim. Um, performed with uh, Costa Mesa, Mayor Costa Mesa High High School. Um, they performed at Carnegie Hall. And then also today they performed at probably, I think it's the world's largest cathedral. Um, mm-hmm. John, St. John Divine, up uh, okay. by Columbia. Mm-hmm. It was nice. He's now, a baby. He in high very school? good. Well, He's he is high- now, but I treated him like a college student. What what else do you want to ask? Are you trying to get information out of me? What you doing? No, I'm, that, that's <laughs> impressive that you've already played Carnegie Hall in high school. Right? And St. John Divines. He's good. Um, all those all those kids are very good. So it was just very impressive to see even – it's almost like watching um, – something like Billy Elliot take place where you see the itty-bitty kids come up and then you see the other people come up and that was good. Now, do you... uh, What what was it like? You performed at Carnegie Hall once, right? What did you do no. there? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, no. You didn't do I, some stand I thought you did stand-up there. I did stand-up for a hot second when I saw my nephew come on stage. So, and I was in one of the. <laughs> I was in one of the. <laughs> what? I, I I was in one of the uh, front mezzanine areas, and all I said was, "All right, all right, all right." <laughs> you you were doing Matthew McConaughey. No, I was doing uh, Kevin Hart. That sounds like, all right, all right, all right, I'm going to go smoke some doobies. No, no, no. We didn't didn't do Days of Confused. We did Kevin Hart, A Laugh at My Pain. And it was (laughs) when my my nephew came up on the stage in his tuxedo. I was like, all right, all right, all right, because I wasn't trying to be that crazy um, relative, but (laughs) I realized all the other white folks around me, we're doing that, and I'm one of the few black folks in there, and I was like, well, whatever then. <laughs> How many people get to be at Carnegie Hall and sing in that place? And it, it really is nice. It's a, it's a very nice venue, location, especially the way they have the acoustic setups, obviously, because it's Carnegie Hall. But even the church today um, at St. John's uh, up at you know, 110th and Cathedral by Columbia University. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very, very, yeah, very nice venue. So um, people, and the weird thing is, at Carnegie Hall, they they applauded. At the church, people that didn't even know who these kids were just sat down. They sat their, excuse my language, they sat their ass down and just listened. You know, so it's nice. So, so you I don't would know. prefer I mean, people to just listen rather than applaud, or what? 
I think it, it depends on the venue. It depends on the venue. Carnegie oh. Hall, we were giving them standing ovations, and we realized there were 400 kids coming up, so we were like, okay, no, we're not applying for all that. But sometimes <laughs> in a church, um, or something, I wouldn't even say church, something like that, St. John's, you just need to be still and just be quiet. And it was nice. Well, that's awesome. But of course, I, but of course, I took them down to your neck of the woods, Union Square, and we passed by the watering hole. Just saying, <laughs> shout out, Michelle Kinney, shout out. We passed by watering hole. Right now, I can't. I couldn't get them in there. Well, yeah, I mean, it's too young for that place. I'm too young for that place. You're too young for that place. <laughs> Bad things happen there. Uh, you know. You know what? Let me find out that there is a um a <laughs> oh, guy wait there. A wait a minute. When you start mm-hmm. saying questions, let me find out what. <laughs> let me find out that there is a guy who goes to the watering hole and does Eminem, which is what I do, and he does "Lose Yourself," which is my go-to song. And let me find out that he butchers it and. My my homegirl Erica Lustig said the other said it was so embarrassing because the kid was like, um, "Yo, I want to do a, a little poem that I wrote," and so he starts I, doing some fucking poem into the microphone, and then he does lose yourself, and it's terrible. Um, actually, I don't know if she let him do the poem or not because they're not allowed to. Anyway, um, I told her like I need to go there and mess him up, and she said yes, you do. And then it turned out he was there Friday, and then his friend, like, got kicked out, and I was in bed. But then I would have gone and crushed his ass on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. Good good thing I don't listen to that type of music, we'll say. Mm. To what? To hip-hop music? Sometimes. Just depends. <laughs> Gotta be... Uh, and one of the reasons... And whoever's listening still at this particular point, one of the reasons we are friends is because you had Biz Marquis on your show. And there was mm-hmm. a particular technique they talked about with picking <laughs> up the needle on the record player. And that is my one of my roommates has an actual record player. He has two record players and a whole bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. But the thing is, if you know how to... Do that particular technique, and not scratch, but pick up the needle. It's different. So, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to tell you at this particular point. You're saying we picking up the needle is we, superior to scratching? To me, yes. Mm-hmm. At some particular point, because you have to know what the grooves look like in the records. Right. You gotta get all on right, those grooves. Right. Yeah, if I if I all right, right. you you calling me out like that, I'm gonna say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Tamika, I think that um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna come back next Monday and have another show. Sound good? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what. Yeah. I, I don't know I don't if understand. I can do that. I don't know That's if I can do not, that. I don't. Are I don't. You <laughs> I don't know. I mean, can we put the? I mean, we like I said, you know, 
The brakes ain't working. I don't know. Are you R. Kellying my Jay-Z right now? Are you walking off stage thinking there's a gun in the audience? (laughs) No. Yes. Um, You're asking me to come back next week? I will come back. Yes. Okay, there we go. That's the answer. The R. Kelly and Jay-Z thing, I don't know. I didn't know they had been together. So I don't know. That's about yeah, that's the both world tour. I, I I went to it the day after our the day that R. Kelly got fired from it for walking off the night before. It was a mess. But Jay put together an incredible show in just one day where he brought out he brought out Buster Rhymes, Mariah Carey, Swift Star, T I, Mary J. Blige, and then like and this is all in one day he put this together. And then towards the end we were sitting there in the audience and towards the end of the concert he goes, um, all right, I wanted to put together a reunion so towards the end of the concert, he was like, I'm going to go in the crowd and watch this. And then there was a blackout, lights up on Puff, and then lights up on Mace, and then lights up on Black Rob, and a whole Bad Boy fan from, like, 96. And it was an incredible <laughs> show that Jay put together in just one day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you're not promising that for next Monday. Because <laughs> I, I have to get a hold of people if the weekend, or if the week and people are tired. So. Let's just announce it to get people to listen and say, Buster Rhymes is going to be on the show next Monday. Buster Rhymes is going to be on the show next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we both what? said it. Now we got to make it happen. Yeah, All I right, mean. Tamika. Yeah? What? No good? We're going we gonna to do something. Like I said, your impressive thing, most impressive thing, is with um, you know, Biz Marquis with being able to pick up the needle and show that particular art. Even. So I don't Absolutely. think I don't know if you have you seen the video of that? Obviously you must have at some point. Nah, no. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Okay, so you need to see that. But anyway, this is a radio show. Okay. We're good. Well, I can think of no better way of ending the show than the saying, If it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. And um what what's the what's <laughs> the other thing I say? Oh yes. Remember. Yes. Always. Is there a th- don't I usually say three things? I can only think of two right now. Paper towels? <laughs> Pineapple? Maybe. Paper towels going to bed. And lastly, it's the break, Florence. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blah, blah.